Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of August 6th through August 12th, 2012. Vulnerability activity for the period was consistent with previous periods. Highlights for the period included vulnerabilities in Oracle Business Transaction Management Server, Novell GroupWise Messenger, HP Network Node Manager, and Ruby on Rails. Apple reported multiple cross-site scripting vulnerabilities in WebKit that affect Safari and other WebKit-based browsers. Threat activity for the period included the reporting of multiple new Trojans and spyware. Rapid7 released research on the FinFisher commercial spyware that has now been identified in 10 countries and may be increasing. Zeus malware has been attempting to target BlackBerry devices as well as the previously known Android systems. Symantec released information on the Shylock Trojan, which injects attacker phone numbers into banking websites. The Trojan Spy.Win32Gauss is a cyber espionage toolkit that's designed to steal sensitive data, such as passwords, banking credentials, and cookies on infected systems. Gauss shares characteristics with malware discovered earlier, known as Flame. The similarities include architectural platforms, module structures, and communication with command and control servers. The U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology released the final Revision 2 of the Computer Security Incident Handling Guide, uh, with only minor changes from the Revision 1 draft. Akamai released the State of the Internet Report for Q1 2012, which requires registration to download. In upcoming activity, Microsoft released the advance notification for August 2012. The release will include nine security bulletins to address 14 individual vulnerabilities that impact Microsoft Windows, Internet Explorer, Microsoft Exchange, Microsoft Office, uh, SQL Server, uh, Microsoft Server Software, and Microsoft Developer Tools. Five bulletins are rated critical. The Microsoft Security Bulletins will be released on August 14, 2012. IntelliShield published 104 events last week, 45 new events, and 59 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the physical risk management category. The New York Police Department and Microsoft announced the release of the Domain Awareness System, which incorporates thousands of closed-circuit television cameras, license plate readings, radiation detection, and intelligence from numerous criminal databases in near real-time. The announcement indicated video will be held for 30 days, metadata and license plate readings for five years, environmental data indefinitely. Similar systems are deployed in Baltimore and the United Kingdom, and New York City and Microsoft will be licensing the domain awareness system to other cities. This new system seems to be the state-of-the-art in surveillance systems, although it's yet to be seen whether it lives up to its billing. The keys to all surveillance systems are not only the technology and incorporation of data from multiple sources, but also highly trained staff, monitoring, and coordination response to events the system identifies. 
The staff's skill and monitoring are often the downfall of these systems, where the value of the systems drop to providing only a partial record of what happened after the fact. This can still be a valuable tool for police investigations, but detecting and responding in near real time is a goal seldom reached. And next, in the legal risk management category, Illinois has become the third state to enact legislation banning employers from collecting social network credentials from employees. A teacher's aide in Michigan was terminated from her position for refusing to disclose her Facebook credentials, and a Department of Corrections officer in Maryland was required to provide his Facebook credentials during a recertification exercise. State legislatures are beginning to pass these laws to combat this growing trend. Several U.S. legislators have called on the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate whether the practice violates the Stored Communications Act or the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. In addition to an outright invasion of privacy, revealing personal access credentials is also against the usage policy of most popular social media sites. The revelation of any personal credentials to a third party also exposes the person to a possible identity compromise. Using access to one service and simple social engineering techniques, access to other accounts and services is usually easily obtained. Employers will always have the ability to view public profiles on social media and monitor computer usage in the workplace. If pictures or activities are viewable by the public on your social media sites and that information is potentially embarrassing, perhaps some thought should be given to your use of social media. And this week in the trust risk management category. Cybercrime statistics recently quoted by U.S. General Keith Alexander of the National Security Agency and many others have been called into the question. The statistics indicate cybercrime costs the world $1 trillion U.S. dollars and U.S. companies $250 billion annually. An investigation found no substantiating data. The investigation tracked the uh, cited sources for the data and found none of the sources actually stated the statistics. In some cases, sources responded that the estimates were misreported. In others, researchers indicated the statistics were generated using, quote, absurdly bad statistical methods. This is a statistical trap uh, the security profession in particular has repeatedly fallen into. It's often very difficult to produce accurate cybercrime and security statistics, leaving many to make estimates based on weak supporting data. After that, information arrives in the boardrooms, user uh, communities, and media. Someone is sure to challenge it and investigate, and too often the statistics are found to be unsubstantiated. Many have fought the budget battles, quoted sources that were not as carefully vetted as possible, and been misquoted, but the result is generally the same. Any trustworthiness you had just disappeared. And next, in the identity risk management category... A writer for Wired had a major portion of his digital life compromised and erased. Matt Honan describes his tale of woe in an article in Wired, telling how the attackers used a bit of social hacking to gain some initial access to an email account, and then elevated that privilege via a commonly used password recovery procedure to access other accounts. After the attackers had accessed his Apple Store account, uh, the miscreants used that access to reset his iPhone to factory default and delete the contents of the hard drive on his Macintosh, including treasured family photographs. 
Matt's story points out how an attacker can be successful in a purely malicious, arbitrary attack against an individual. Although Mr. Honan mentions the two services that he used and that were vulnerable in the attack, this attack could have been successful using any of the commonly available free email services and a configuration and practices similar to Matt's. Users are advised never to use easily guessed passwords, uh, to use a secure method of storing password information, and to make backups. Backups should also be checked periodically to ensure they're correct and complete. Consider commonly used security questions and answers, such as a mother's maiden name, uh, to be publicly available information. When it comes time to choose and answer these questions, provide answers with a word or phrase that's not available anywhere and back up those answers. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category. Initial analysis of the viewing and access to Olympics information is showing that mobile phones are taking the lead. Google reported a tenfold increase in Olympic topic searches from mobile phones, and NBC and the BBC reported that viewing from mobile devices account accounted for 45% and 41% of online video stream traffic, respectively. Throughout the games, there are multiple reported cases of athletes who got into trouble over tweets, pictures, and posts, and security sources reported the expected increase in Olympics-related spam, phishing, and malicious websites. This may prove to be the first social media and mobile Olympic Games. Multiple sources have reported the increasing use and reliance on mobile devices, particularly in emerging markets where personal computers and internet access are limited. With the end of the games, and once the numbers are all crunched, this Olympics could be the benchmark event that was the long-debated and anticipated tipping point, where mobile device usage passed that of personal computers. Of course, criminal activity similarly shifted toward mobile devices, with malicious content available as application downloads or streaming video with, with tweets and postings that led users to infected websites. Unfortunately, security of these devices is far behind that of personal computers, and many new users don't have or apply the same user awareness to mobile devices as they do to personal computers. As many organizations across the globe address mobile device and bring-your-own-device issues, security teams may already be engaged or will likely find this topic high on their list of upcoming priorities. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report... Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening and stay safe.